guys, and welcome back to Read Dirty to Me. I'm your host, V Cummins. We don't have a ton of housekeeping today, so I'm kind of just going to go straight into it. As always, the links for all the books are down below in the show notes, as well as, well as the links to my social media and email. So, um, we are going to start, oh, small warning for today. Today's episode is a little bit more taboo. We're going to kind of start the opposite of a Sour Patch Kid. We're going to start really sweet. We're going to go to the more spicy, taboo kind of stuff. Um, If those books aren't for you, don't worry. I get it. Uh, Just kind of giving you all a heads up. So the first one that we are starting with is You Again by Lauren Lane. So the blurb is, Mackenzie Mac Austin just wants what any modern, commitment-phobic woman in New York wants. A no-strings-attached hookup, steamy enough to brag about over mimosas the next morning. What she doesn't want is her dating app's latest suggestion, preppy, corporate Thomas Decker. So obviously she rejects the guy without a second thought. There's just one snag. He's sitting next to her. So he witnessed her do it, and now he's calling her out. After the initial embarrassment, Mac is determined not to let it bother her, but fate has other plans, and Thomas isn't going anywhere. First, he pops up as her new boss, and then he reappears as her best friend's soon-to-be brother-in-law. As the not-so-meet-cutes add up, Mac is sure that uptight Thomas is the last man that a free spirit like her should want. Only the more time she spends with him, the more Mac realizes that the man she can't get away from has become the same one that she wants to keep close. I really, really enjoyed this book. Um, so the last like Warren Lane book was a third person, so it was a little bit harder for me to kind of, you know, jump into. This one was first person, so it was immediately like catched, caught my eye um, a lot quicker. And I actually had been so excited for this book. July got away from me and all of a sudden I get an email one morning that this book is, you know, ready and sitting in my Kindle. And I was like, oh my gosh, yay. And so, um, also fair warning, this book is not on Kindle Unlimited. Um, it is $10 through Kindle. I'm not sure if you can get it at like a library or anything else, but just wanted to make you guys aware of that. Um, but yeah, I just really, this was such a perfect like Lauren Lane rom-com. There is something about her books um, that kind of remind me of like the old Meg Ryan, Tom Hanks kind of era of rom-coms and like love stories that I just think we're missing sometimes. Um, I think that a lot of people get those from like the Emily Henry books. I have yet to read some of those, um, but I really love that genre more and more. I think that there are so many people want to make it the spiciest book you can find or the most taboo or and don't get me wrong I mean this this episode is taboo because like I love the taboo books too like there is a reason why book talk is popping off the way it is and it's because there is a market especially with me for the sites for the spicy for the smutty for the taboo for the dirty but I think that there is something very calming in these really sweet simple just romantic comedies um so the angst factor for me was like maybe a six out of ten wasn't super angsty um I do love the fact that she had to grovel I think that that's really fun oh I totally skipped over the MVP character (laughs) sorry um Thomas he was so patient with her especially because there were a few times where if you watch Gilmore Girls um you know that like 
that her relationship with Max's relationship with her mom will remind you a lot of like if Rory Gilmore had been successful, but also like never gotten fully away from Lorelai's thumb. Their dynamic really reminded me of like the early seasons of Gilmore Girls. If they were, if that version of them had continued throughout the series, if you watch Gilmore Girls, you know Rory changed so much. Uh, season four on, um, and I, that's I really felt like season one through three Gilmore was almost really placed well in this book, um, or would have fit well in this book. Is it part of a series? No, uh, it is a standalone. Best scene. The evening where they finally get together, like the whole day where they're finally going to get together, it shows how patient he has been with her. Um, there's a line, um, sorry, watching the build up throughout the day and the night was so fun. And when he finally breaks, it's it's like perfect. And he kind of explains where some of his patience came from. He kind of explains where some of his coldness came from, which I thought was really great. Um, it. It is not really a dual point of view. You only really hear from him in the very last chapter. But the very last chapter is so great. His little line that he has towards, I'm like, I can't say it because it will spoil too much, but it's so perfect for me. Like, just the way that it ended with him was really great. Um, I wish we would have seen more of his perspective, but the very little that we did get was almost like perfect enough to make me not miss his perspective more throughout the book if that makes sense like just getting that one little snippet was almost like so cute that it might have been too watered down if we were hearing from him the whole time um spice factor is like a five out of ten like i said it's really it's really more of like the romance like the meg ryan's the Tom Hanks, the Matthew McConaughey and Kate Hudson type of things. It's more closed door. Um, and like you do see sex, you do, you do see the sex, but it's just more of like the romantic sex. It's not being like 365 nights or whatever that movie was called. Um, happy ending scale, eight and a half out of 10. Like I said, I really like that we heard from him last. I really like that setup but I wish that we would have heard more about their future, if that makes sense. So yeah, that was you again. Like I said, it was a pretty quick one. Um, it's only like 200 some odd pages, but it was really good. It went by really fast in like a really good way. Um, I didn't feel like it was too bogged down or anything like that. So the next one is also going to be another pretty quick one. This one is going to be a little bit more spicy, um, a little bit more taboo. It is a polyamory relationship um male female male and but it was so good so i actually saw this one on a tiktok uh, i talked about it on tiktok as well but this was so good it's the reason why i can't get super detailed into this book is because it's almost like a novella of an epilogue so it is all i want for christmas is them by adora crooks and this is kind of, you know, answering one of my questions early, but it's kind of part of a series. So she has a duet series called um, The Dare, and it looks really good. I am, like, I have already taken the books out on Kindle Unlimited to read them, so I am very excited to dive further into them. Um, but this was, like, 
kind of a continuation from that and you actually see some more of that book in this book uh so it's it's kind of hard to talk about without like spoiling a whole bunch of stuff so the blurb is one night one perfect night before christmas it starts with tickets to a holiday-themed rock show, a winter night in the snow-clad city with my best friend and my perfect girl. Naomi is stunning, vibrant, and as wild as she is beautiful. Diego is my rock, my loyal companion, my best friend for life. Tonight, the three of us will celebrate like no other. Tonight, we'll dance and drink hot toddies and spend the night wrapped in each other's arms. I'm going to savor it every minute because tonight might be my last night alive. Note from the author, this is a spinoff novel from the Truth or Dare series. Otto is all grown up, falling in love, and getting into trouble. You don't have to read the Truth or Dare duet first, but it's highly recommended as it contains major plot spoilers. This book has Christmas shenanigans, steamy MMF scenes, and MM scenes, and a gut punch of feels. Also, sorry for the noise, uh, my dog decided that she had to get up again. So, yeah... Like I said, that's kind of why it is hard to talk about because there is so much stuff that happens um, with the couple from the Truth or Dare series. So the couples, the the polyamory couple in the Truth or Dare um, have Otto. And that's kind of how like you, you know him. He's like their kid from that book. Um, and it's him all grown up. So speaking of Otto, he is my MVP character of this book. He was so cool. Like, the way that Naomi is talking about him, I found really interesting at the beginning because she's talking about when she first met, like, when they went on their first date. And on their first date, he was like, listen, I'm bi. I'm into polyamory. I don't want kids. And he was like, if any of those are deal breakers, that's fine. If not, I think you're really cool and I want to continue with you. And she's like, I had been lied to. I had been cheated on. I had been all of these things. And none of them... You know, like, Otto wasn't mean. He wasn't saying any of this to be mean. He was saying this to introduce himself and to show who he was up front. And I thought that that was really cool. And it also shows him being really vulnerable. And considering this is more of, like, 150 pages, it it's hard to, and, like, whenever you get into all the point of views that are in this book, it's hard to make him as vulnerable as he is. And... I thought that it was done so well in this book um, just because, like I said, it's it's got to be very difficult. I just felt his pain and I felt his anger and I felt his scared moments. So just overall, Otto was like 10 out of 10 for me. Angst Factor was like a 7 out of 10. Um, it's broken up by the angst of the relationship from the Truth or Dare series before. Is it part of a series? Like I said, yep. Um, and then best scene. So he wakes up. Like you obviously know that something's wrong with him by the synopsis. So this isn't too big of a spoiler. But he wakes up in the hospital, Otto does. And he's scared because he thinks that he's in a nightmare. And he looks over and he sees Naomi. And he says, quote, not a nightmare. Naomi would never be in my nightmares. And something about that line absolutely broke me because, once again, there is magic in these moments of just being loved and these quiet moments of just being cared for and finding your safe person, finding your home, finding your family. That found family is something that is just so beautiful. And the way that they had been dating for like six months at this point, 
from what he had said and from what she had said about herself, it almost seemed like they were two people who, by all accounts, probably would not, um, you would not see them and think like, oh, I think that they were, even they were kind of surprised by the way that this was working out so well. They thought it was going to be more of a fling. They were quote unquote long distance because of like having to ride the train back and forth to each other. Um, and I think that they were both kind of surprised by how well it was working. And I, I think whenever he wakes up, like he was clearly in love with her. They had already said it at that point. But whenever he wakes up and sees her and says, it can't be a nightmare because she was she would never be in my nightmares. I found it to be so beautiful and so touching in a way that I really hope to see more of in books because I found it just gorgeous. And actually, Diego has another really great speech to Otto that I think is also absolutely beautiful and gorgeous and should be in books more Um, because it wasn't a grovel it was just an expression of feelings and getting to see that from a man was so nice I I think that's why I love romance books you know you're you're getting to see all these beautiful declarations of love and this book really had it in spades in really beautiful even subtle moments Um, so dual point of view yes or no so there are multiple points of view. You get uh, points of view from the couple from the Truth or Dare series before. You get points of view from Diego, Otto, and Naomi. So you're getting it from six different people. Um, the other couple is just, they're used very sparingly. It really does help the movie move the story along. It is very important. Um, but yeah, you do get enough of the actual like couple as well or... Um, relationship like the people in the relationship as well spice factor was probably like an eight out of ten some of those scenes were incredible really happy ending scale for me was about a nine out of ten very cute book highly recommend i cannot read wait to read more from this author i absolutely adored this book okay guys the last two books are going to be by sarah kate so i have fallen into a sarah kate well or rabbit hole or whatever you want to call it I have fallen in and I cannot get out. Um, However, due to that, I know that I have been talking about her a lot. So um, in August, she does have Mercy coming, which I am very excited about. So I will be talking about that on the podcast. Um, I will also be reading more Sarah Kate books by myself, um, but I will not be putting them on the podcast because like I said, I know I've been talking about her a lot. So the last two books are by Sarah Kate. Um, The first one on the whole taboo scale is... Um, a pretty significant age gap it seems like Uh, and so if that is not something that you prefer totally understand just giving you that warning the second book is also going to have it as well so if you don't like reverse or if you don't like age gaps um, you will probably want to uh, go ahead and uh, turn off this episode which I don't like to say but you know might as well be honest so let's go ahead and get into Beautiful Monster by Sarah Kate Playboy Socialite, Frivolous and Wicked, Alexander Caldwell needs to settle down, hence the giant white house he just bought in the suburbs, the one that backs up to the house filled with three single women living in it. They all have their sights set on him, but it's her he can't get out of his head. Alexander has absolutely no place getting involved with a teenage girl with the world in in her eyes, but he does. Tortured, lonely, desperate to run, Sunny Thor needs to get out of her mother's house. To do that, she needs money. Hence, taking the job, painting a mural in Alexander Caldwell's pool house. The man whose eyes follow her, 
the man with the sculpted jaw and commanding presence, the man who is way too old for her. When Sunny has a chance to get out of Pine Ridge and start a future of her own, he should let her go, but he doesn't. So yeah, this book really came out of nowhere for me. I read it and I was just, I had actually seen some people, you know, recommending it. I have heard really good things about it. I obviously really like Sarah Kate. So I was like, yeah, sure. This book had what I thought was a chokehold on me until the last book that we're going to talk about today. But this book was very, very good. Um, there is a book after this called Beautiful Center that I'm hoping to read soon. Um, and so that's part of a series. We're going to go with the MVP character first, Sunny, by a long shot. She was going through so much, and I'm really glad that she was able to find peace at the end of this book. Um, she was really going through so much, but she was clearly like the adult in so many of the situations. She was so patient. She was so kind to her own detriment a few times where you almost want to shake her and be like, it's okay to run. It's okay to take care of yourself. Um, I really felt like, though, even whenever she was giving up more of herself than she probably should have, that one, I would have done the same. Two, I think she was still kind of being true to herself. Like, even if it was hurting her, it was what she needed, even like if it wasn't always what she wanted. I don't know. She was always really good at like being scared, but also willing to take the chance eventually. She just had to wrap her head around it. Um, and I don't know, she had just already been through so much that it was so hard to watch her have to kind of live with <laughs> some decisions that the people around her were making. Her mom um, has issues with alcohol and she does not like Sunny. She gets really angry at Sunny. Um, and watching all of that have to happen and watching her have to kind of be the adult or kind of have to self-soothe in this way was really hard to watch because yes you're seeing her as the romantic lead but you are also like you just want to hug her and tell her that it's going to be okay sarah kate i'm telling you i've never seen a person do flawed characters that are so perfect like they're obviously flawed all of her characters will have some kind of like hang up but in that way of they are still perfectly flawed. They are still super easy to root for. Even Alexander, who like continuously like fucks up. Not really with Sunny. Um, I, I mean, he does a few times. But like in his past, he's really fucked up. And you still want him forgiven. You still want him protected, even though he is very flawed. Um, Ang's Factor was like an 8 out of 10 for me. Is it part of a series? Yes. Uh, the next one is Beautiful Center. Um, but I don't know exactly how it connects, so I can't really give too much. Best scene. There's a scene towards the end where she finally gets to show off something that she's worked really hard for, and I was really grateful. Like I said, I just constantly wanted to root for her. I was constantly on her side. Um, dual point of view, yes, but it is more geared towards her, which actually was fine. Um, spice factor, 9 out of 10. It was pretty spicy. I really like watching them flirt. It was very fun because she's painting and the whole time this like sexual chemistry is happening while she's painting and he's watching her and I found that really, really compelling to read. I found that very easy to read and uh, kind of get lost in. 
I have a sometimes I have a really hard time picturing what's like happening like actually picturing it in my mind and for some reason I could picture this pool house really well and I could picture their scenes of flirting very well same with um, the next book that we're going to talk about by Sarah Kate I could picture the island where they're at and I think she just does a really good job of painting the world um, happy ending scale 10 out of 10 really really enjoyed how this book and ended she uh, Sunny just <laughs> Sunny gets to just continuously thrive and she gets to find her own happy ending and he really lets her take the reins on what their happy ending looks like which I really appreciate because at that point she had put so much towards him and so much like love and trust and devotion in him that and he also like always believed in her which I thought was really great he always clearly um he always wanted to push her into doing something for herself he always wanted to push her because he knew that she could do it and he didn't want her to settle which I thought was really great because I think it's so easy to show an age gap where the guy is more controlling you know like oh I've been there I've seen things you haven't seen what I've seen I know what's best for you and this whole time yeah he was like that he was like I know what's best for you but his whole thing of I know what's best for you is letting you go or pushing you to do these things that you're absolutely great at and that theme also goes through um, with the next book that we're going to talk about which I think is very important if you are going to do an age gap that you need to show that the person who is younger does have agency and does you know find her way like if you want them to be together maybe like he lets her go and she finds her way back I, th I think that that was why it was done so well um or how it was done so well for me was just because maybe like maybe that's why I like them because sometimes I do have a hard time reading those age gaps where all of a sudden you know the man in the position has all the power and sometimes it just gets a little bit too like if you think about it in a real world context you're just a little bit concerned and with this I didn't feel all that concerned because she had that agency in the end which I think is what makes it you know like I said just a little a little bit easier in the long run overall just really that book was so interesting to me so compelling to read um I was actually at the doctor's trying to just finish it very quickly and as I read the last like sentence and flipped to the last or flipped to the you know next page where it says like a uh, preview for the next book or something they called me in and I was like oh thank goodness because if I would have had to go talk to a doctor whenever I'm like a page and a half left of this book I would have been so cranky so um, yes I couldn't stop reading it but I was also very tired so luckily it didn't keep me up <laughs> but um, almost there were a few nights with this and Gravity by Sarah Kate which is our next book you guys like that transition because I'm a little bit proud of that transition all right let's go ahead and go into the blurb three months on a private island two men one million dollars I'm gonna stop this blurb right here I'm already in I'm already in I'm already so in like in real life I'm in and in the book I'm in <laughs> Uh, all I have to do is tame Nash Wild. It's been two years since my sister and her boyfriend were killed in a plane crash. The last person I expected to show up on my doorstep was his father, Alistair Wild. Yet, he came with an author offer I'd be an idiot to pass up. Be his son's girlfriend for three months, live with the two of them in a remote house, and the one million dollars is mine. The challenge turns out to be harder than I expected. 
Nash is not just wild, he's dangerous, and Alistair is far more broken than he lets the world believe. The three of us are bound by grief. It's up to me to feed Nash's hunger and heal Alistair's pain. Lines are crossed, rules are broken. On the island, there's no one to tell us this is wrong. I know I have to choose before I tear this family apart, but I belong to both of them. One of them has my body, the other has my heart. Fair warning, this is an author's note. Fair warning, this is an angsty love triangle romance with explicit sexual content and a guaranteed happily ever after for readers 18 plus. So, yes, this book is definitely taboo. This is, um, she pretty much has to choose between a dad and his son. If you read Credence by Penelope Douglas, people love that book. I read it. Um, multiple parts of it weren't for me felt a little bit long. I won't get too into it here, but this was almost like for me, the, um, like if you're going to recommend Credence, I recommend Gravity before that, because this to me was just, it was so well done. It was, the backstory was interwoven so well. I really enjoyed the flashbacks and I have a really hard time with flashbacks in books because sometimes it can take me out, but this was done perfectly. Let's go to my MVP character, Nash, but not because I actually think he was a good person because there were multiple times in the book where I was like, oh, F Nash, I'm done with him, fuck him, cannot, like just did not like him at all. And then other times I was so obsessed with Nash. He showed so much growth. He showed so much kindness when it had to have been so difficult for him to do. He was trying so hard to live this life after this horrible tragic event um, while also dealing with a lot of anger that he couldn't bring up because of this tragic event so he saw something that he misconstrued the night before this big plane crash that took his brother and his brother's girlfriend and he has to live with that anger because he can't bring it up because by the time that he would be able to the you know, this big tragedy has already happened. And so he has just been living with this anger for so many years. And the way that it all comes out, it's like, no wonder he acts the way he acts. Um, it's just, you constantly want to root for him, even whenever he's just being so mean. Uh, all the characters were fleshed out really nicely. Um, but I felt a great pull to him. I just found him so captivating angst factor eight out of ten there's a fair amount of triggers in this one um the biggest one happens really early and it's in the um synopsis but you know the helicopter crash she does lose so she loses her twin sister and he loses his brother who is older than him um they all like him and his brother and dad live on this island and it's like right off the coast of I think one of the Carolinas, I can't remember. And he, like the dad had made his billions by creating helicopters and they're going to, there's like this big launch party and Preston, which is the other son and Emily are going to the launch party. Like they're going to be the heads of it and they crash into the side of a mountain. And I just found it so just so interesting the whole thing was so compelling to me um but there is 
Nash and hers relationship, Nash and Zara's relationship can get a little bit um, consensual, non-consent type of stuff. So if that is not your thing, um, you can read the book. I would just maybe skip over, like, you know, kind of fast forward through some of their sex scenes um, because sometimes it can feel a little bit, like I said, consensual non-consent. That's not your thing. Uh, I totally get it. It is mine. I really enjoyed it. So for me, it worked. But um, they even say in the book, which I really liked, at one point she says, like, I know what we can do. And even that felt too far, which I thought was really interesting to kind of have it be called out. Is it part of a series? Yes, but I can't. It's hard to talk about the series without kind of giving up a spoiler. I do recommend reading Gravity before you read Freefall because if you read Freefall, you'll get some spoilers for Gravity. Um, I have not read all of Freefall. I've just read a few chapters of it so far. Very good. Very excited to keep reading it. But um, yes, I do recommend reading Gravity first. Um, the best scene was the Christmas morning scene. It's so cute. It's such a brief flicker of light for all of them. Like, it's just this morning of kindness that a lot of them have not been able to have for years, ever since the big crash. And just kind of giving themselves that day was a really nice touch by the author and it was a really nice touch by Zara, like in the world of the book, to have them do an actual Christmas morning. I thought it was really great. A dual point of view, yes, but it does obviously tend to lead more to Zara than it does to the other two. Um, spice factor, nine and a half out of ten. I wanted daddy stuff, and I'm not ashamed to admit it, um, but I actually understood why it wouldn't have fit in the book. But I really did like how much there was like a built-in history to them and a built-in like tension in all of the relationships it felt very earned and it felt like it added just something totally like a supercharge to the sex scenes that really came through I thought happy ending scale for me was easily a 10 out of 10 like I said Sarah Kate makes it to where her female character her women characters get to have just these really cool aspirations and lives and get to very much like live um they get to have the best of both worlds she gives them so much agency that I think is just so refreshing because sometimes you don't see that I, there is a reason why I am in this rabbit hole why I am so deep into this well because Sarah Kate just I I cannot there are very few authors that can write a character like her and for her to constantly come out with these really wonderful characters that I can tell apart from her other books I can tell you know Alistar away from like I can I know him and I know that he's different than Alexander you know there is enough differences I there's enough differences between Zara and Sunny you can see all of these people they're she makes them complex. She makes them fully fleshed out characters. That is just so interesting to see. I'm going to read through some of my notes um, and I'm going to do this as spoiler free as possible. So for some notes, I have been trying to take notes while I'm reading. Um, not like in my actual script, but just like in the book itself. So I'll highlight a passage and blah, 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 blah. 
so some of these I will be reading with the actual quote that I highlighted some of them I will not because I don't want to spoil anything then he stares at me as if he's daring me to bring up what just happened again it's immense this idea that I'm nothing but a distraction to him he probably thinks all women are distractions that's how he wants to treat me then what do I care this is a job I'm not here to get caught between two men I clench my jaw and nod fine my note I love how well she can make you so hot and then so mad because at this part he had just like they just had like this really intense scene together like really intense make out and like hook up and then he gets so shut down and the way that she can make a scene so hot and so cold really fast is just so compelling like I it's so interesting to watch because to a point where I had to like set my phone down and I was almost sweating and then I was just so mad I got that like ice in my veins chill so quickly um another highlight showing shoving my body against the wall and pulling my face towards his he attacks my lips with his as he answers you're everything to me my note excuse me while I sob uncontrollably thank you and then am I allowed to be happy Zara or is this my punishment loving you if I can't have you my next note, I'm about to put my phone through a window. Yes, I do, I answer. We're powerless. How many emojis is too many crying emojis? Also, I realize more and more every day that the concept of the invisible string is the only trope I will ever need. Because, yes, there, oh, I could talk about this so much. The invisible stringness of this book is so wonderful. The idea that you are so powerless, the Kate and Anthony Bridgerton, you are too powerless to stop it, is is just so perfect. Constantly give me that. We've tried to maneuver against fate, and we can't. You again had that as well, um, in a more like preppy, shiny light. This has it more in a dark and twisty light. So just yes to the invisible stringness of it all. And then this actually kind of like talks about it oh wait no uh let's see taking a heavy calm breath I quiet my mind I feel the pull toward that island and it's strong even if I could turn this helicopter around why would I want to I have someone who will push me and encourage me and love me and as I start to lower the aircraft I hear the intake of his breath and my calm system so yes to all of that because yes to the idea of like why am I fighting he has said he's sorry you know, they have said they are sorry. They are going to love me. They are going to do all of these things for me. Yes. Yes, I, like, I can forgive them. I can be happy. I don't have to sit here and be mad and angry, which I think can happen in real life and in books too. You know, sometimes you want to stick to your pride for good reasons. And sometimes it's just not worth it. It is worth it to give in and to be in love and to be happy. And she, it, she allows herself that. The power that the women in these books have is so wonderful and so beautiful to watch and should definitely be talked about more and be celebrated more because I think it is a very important part of these books especially for an age gap book to give that power back um so yes those this is my little uh, opposite of a sour patch kid episode a um, little bit of sweet, a whole lot of spicy. I hope you guys liked it. I hope you guys check these books out. Please find me on Instagram and TikTok. Um, please email me uh, 
what is it? Victoria at redirtytome.com. I'll get it eventually. And yeah, come hang out with us. As of right now, uh, it's looking at it like it's going to be every other Sunday. Hopefully, once the fall kicks back in and the kids are at school, we can get some more books read and get you guys some more content because I'm very excited. I'm telling you right now, in August, I have the do-over with T.L. Swan coming. I have Mercy by Sarah Kate. V. Keeland and Penelope Ward just announced um, another collaboration coming in September. So the books look like they're going to be absolutely wonderful coming this fall. Uh, Cannot wait. Then we're going to start getting into our Christmas anthologies and all those fun things. So yes, please keep coming back. Hang out with me. Follow me on there. Share me with friends if you can. Um, And yeah, I will talk to you guys soon. Thank you so much.